0: Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordic podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Nordics to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. I'm Charlotte Roberts and I help businesses thrive by connecting with top data freelance talent. And today, I'm your host. Firstly, I'd like to say a big thank you for everyone who's joining us today um, to discuss female leadership in the Nordic tech community. So, before we go ahead and jump into the questions, um, it'd be nice to get an introduction from everybody. Um, so, if Carmen, if you'd like to go first, that'd be lovely. Yeah, my name is Carmen I'm Beltran, and I come from Colombia,
1: from Cartagena, very tropical. And I am currently working at Bontouch, um, a company in Sweden, in Stockholm. Um, but I'm here to represent Emstec, which is women of color in tech in Sweden, an NGO that works for inclusion and diversity in the tech ecosystem. Um, Yeah, I don't have, um, or better, I come from a diverse background in which I work for United Nations, European Union, and other organizations within development and emergency, and then I did, some years ago, a big career change into tech because I found that tech was basically immersed in anything. Everything that happens in in the world is linked to tech. So I wanted to take part of that, and I did a career change through Hyper Island, a school in Stockholm that is very entertaining and very um, not the usual way you learn in education. Uh, Mm -hmm. So having come from Uppsala University, I think uh, Hyper Island was way more... I would go in as a school, were perfect for me. Uh, yes, and under my passions, I love cooking. So I'm probably gonna make friends with Rafika
0: here that said that she loves baking. <laughs> so, yes, you can share recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you very much, Carmen, for that lovely introduction. And if Rafika, if you'd like to go next, that'd be great. Yes. Uh, so my name is uh,
2: Rafika Idamutia. Uh, originally from Indonesia, born and raised, and um, yeah, since I was 17, I moved to Malaysia to continue my bachelor program there, and then uh, 2008, I came to Sweden to pursue my master program uh, at Lund University, and uh, now Lund University get a m- more popular name because of this Nobel Prize I uh, already just announced yesterday, <laughs> so I'm proud of that. Um, and then I started working at Ericsson 2011, um, I've been working as a software developer, scrum master, project manager, product owner, and currently I'm working as engineering manager at Ericsson. My team's working with a cloud native platform. So, um, it's, uh, really interesting, uh, to work uh, both uh, with people and also like, uh, driving some of the current light, latest uh, technology and uh, patient yes i like baking i like cooking love trying new food l- love uh, to travel and um yeah when i have uh, a free time from uh, the kids i also like to do just like a net- netflix and chill on the <laughs> <laughs>
0: well needed netflix and chill <laughs> yes yes oh nice thank you very much for that introduction um And Renata, last but certainly not least, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So my name is Renata. Uh, I'm actually
3: located in Vilnius, Lithuania. Uh, So since I graduated, I moved to Sweden and I spent three years in Stockholm living there. And then I moved back to Lithuania and I started my career in some of the administrative roles, Uh, uh, moved to being an assistant to general management and then started in the project management. And this is how I end up in being in tech from the project management, then moved to the product ownership. And now I am working as a common product manager in Telia in one of the telcos in Lithuania and Baltics and in Scandinavia as well. So we're trying to create an app, a Telia app that could be used by other countries as well. Uh, so, so this is something interesting and something fun to be a part of. And in my free time, uh, I like Netflix and chill because (laughs) I have a toddler at home. So a minute of Netflix is very appreciated. (laughs) And besides that, I love cooking as well
0: and, and go out for a run. Oh nice. We'll have to get you three on like some sort of bake off or something like that after this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, thank you everyone for them introductions. They were great. Hi everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's managing director here at Evolution. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So we'll jump straight into the questions now. Um, So the first question is Renata's question, which is what are some of your personal experiences or reasons that motivated you to think or care about women's leadership and empowerment? So if, Renato, if you'd like to um, explain a little bit about this question and then we'll let everybody jump in and discuss. Yeah, so uh,
3: I think even though it's pretty straightforward, but uh, since we're all women in tech and we all have different experiences, uh, I was just curious, uh, what was the main reasons for you to to start being ambassadors of this and start caring and, and s- talking loudly a- about uh, women leadership and about being in tech? Because for me, for me myself, when I joined, uh, this year, in November, I think is going to be ten years when I'm working in tech, in one or other position, one or other industry. I saw a lot of um, a lot of situations where women are, were not being leaders just for reasons, and those reasons could be that they were afraid, they thought that they could not handle this. Uh, sometimes it was because it was such a patriarchy uh, in the company, and it was mostly led by men. So I wanted to be part of the change and I wanted to change it. So that's why I started talking about women leadership. And I started talking that, well, we, we all are equal, uh, and we can bring something different that maybe could not be seen or led by men. Uh, and, and it could be even just better for companies if we have some kind of balance between men and women in leadership. So I wanted to hear your opinion about this.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, that's also one of the motivation why I want to be a leader because like for hundreds of years, like uh, like um, main made decision for us, and like um, I think woman is also um, capable of uh, making decision. And what I'm saying is like uh, of course like both men and women, like when they work together, they create this energy, they bring their perspective, then it will create uh, something more powerful together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, really important that us women also have the seat on the table, like, um, on, on the management. And what I think is important is also representation. As you said, like it's probably like a lot of men, in the, mm. like uh, management or a uh, higher level management, it's good to have representation of women there as well. So like uh, you could uh, inspire more young girls, young women to to also like uh, see like, okay, I can also be there. So like we create more equal um, uh, thing in, in our workplace.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I would double on that. For me, it's the same thing. Uh, representation women of color in tech it's very very few specifically for the nordics um we are not in no we're not owners and i don't know if you have seen the reports from ownership it's an organization in sweden that um does research is a think tank and they do research about ownership of everything land patents music rights and In their reports, they show how little women own and how behind we are in some way. And of course, we will get there one day, but I feel that my representation in tech, I mean, me being part of tech, it's a must. It's no longer like, oh, I should, maybe I should be there for the picture or something. No, it is an obligation because everything that has been built now is built in its majority by men. So the perspectives of other communities and other, other people are not in it. And we have to make sure that it is, we have to make sure that we're involved. So this is no brainer. And there are some amazing people out there. Uh, Malawal Roy uh, from, she's a deep tech VC, which I follow, uh, Heaven Barricade, and also Nora Bave from Unconventional Ventures. I'm it's really great to have people that I can see and I can follow and I know that they are doing something for the tech uh, ecosystem in the Nordics.
2: Yeah, definitely. I I had a team before um, and it's very diverse, like in terms of gender, in terms of age uh, and also like nationalities. And it was like, I think it was one of the most uh, strong team that I've ever been. So I think like it's very important that we have diversity and inclusion um in a team
3: totally agree and i see that i already start seeing the change in it because like um five years ago or seven years ago i think the, the majority of uh, leaders were men but now i start to see that this starting to shift and we have more women in the management, more women in the leadership, and uh, and and this starts to be a part of the change and and starts bringing, I think, uh, results in in the companies. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, I think like it's very good. Like a lot of companies have uh, this uh, strategy to um, more like diversity and inclusion, and more uh, uh, female in the in the leadership roles. Uh, because I, yeah, I think I think it's important and it's a really good change uh, to see mm. this, mm. and I'm happy to be part
0: of that change as well. Mm. Nice. Well, we'll move on now to uh, the next question, then. Um, okay. so it's Carmen's question. Um, so what does Sweden offer female tech leaders that is not common in other tech hubs? Um, so if Carmen, if you'd like to give a bit of background behind this question, and then we'll let everybody discuss.
1: Yes, I mean. I wanted to not only show, of course, Sweden can have some disadvantages um, and women are not present 50-50 in all, not yet, but I think that there are some advantages or differences between Sweden as a tech hub and the rest of the world. (laughs) And one of them for me is the unusual, because I think after working in so many other countries, The flat hierarchy in Sweden Mm -hmm. is such a plus. I mean, it does something to my self-esteem and to my security within my team and within an organization to be able to be a free person that talks to anyone in the organization and it is heard. And that I think is linked to the culture of Mm -hmm. Sweden of being way more flat and willing to listen to all employees which is very rare for me having worked in south america and africa and in parts of south europe so yes i think that is a major plus of the of those that want to come and work in sweden
3: Definitely, I can uh, jump in right away and say that I've had uh, experiences in other companies that are not from Scandinavia and uh, that flat here, or here well, it's not everywhere and the difference is huge. But the other thing I think that is very important and that Sweden has is uh, I think you have a pretty good paternity and maternity leave policy yes. where both of the parents are included into this. Because, for example, here in Lithuania, we don't have that. And usually it's a mother who spends two or even more years uh, sitting at home and raising a child with the support of a father. But the father is the main one who supports the family financially during that time. And then you have pretty huge gap when you want to come back to, to the industry and you want to come back and start working. So then you have a lower self-esteem because you just stay at the home and even though you did a huge job because you were raising a child and then you have experiences like You've, you know, I, I used to call it that. Um, during the time when I was sitting at home with my son, I learned a lot of uh, difficult stakeholder management mm-hmm. because of the wishes who changes like each few minutes, and then like you you ha- you planned everything in one way, and then everything changes. So you need to deliver in time in a, in a faster pace, etc. <laughs> so you, you have experience, but somehow you feel that uh, you, you don't know anything. You forgot everything that you've learned during the time you've you've worked. And um, and it's just pretty difficult. And I think in Sweden it's a bit different. Uh, you have like half a year each. Uh, please correct me if, if I'm wrong. But you both of the parents need to stay at home and spend time uh, with the child. And and it's way easier to integrate back to to the industry.
2: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can jump in into that. Like in Sweden, it's uh, 480 days for both parents. And what's good about it is like each parent. Um, is obligated to take at least 90 days so like even though um like you can transfer the rest of the day but uh, like each parent should stay with the kids 90 days and i think it's like a huge uh, game changer and i Can see like uh, and compare with other uh, friends who's living in other side of the world. Like uh, that is not the case. If uh, they decide to have kids, then it means um, one of the parents should resign, Uh, and uh, usually it's the mother because it's always seen that uh, the mother is the primary caretaker of the family, and uh, not here in Sweden. Like it's common you see like uh, like the father on parental leave for like more than a year. Even so, like I think it's a really good um, because you can always have like a very supportive partner, but the fact that the company and the government like support it, it's like it really make a big impact on how women can uh, enter and stay in the industry.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I w- I can add to that that I feel that there's no the work life balance gets better in Sweden yes, and in mm-hmm. because it's embedded in the culture and the legislation, yeah. which means that it's no one's fault if somebody has to go and take care of their kid. No. Um, for those that have animals, also like I have team yeah. members that have a puppy or some something or maybe have to take care of an elderly person or someone else yeah. in their family. And it is understood within the culture of the company. And I can speak freely about Touch where I work, that they are very flexible and uh, incentivate people to take care of their life also and to have this work-life balance. And for me, that is like the number one thing I look in a company because I know that life happens
0: mm-hmm. and exactly. you need
1: to work around it. and. It's not like people don't care about their jobs. We all do, do want to do um, an amazing job and an amazing, have a, a great work experience. But at the same time, you want to have a life and you want yes. to have a family that is strong. So I think Sweden brings so much to the table. And I always tell people if you have not worked in the Nordics, you do not know how it is to be appreciated as an employee. Mm-hmm. Cause I have worked everywhere and I do not find that anywhere else, but here.
3: And I think that this, when you get this, um, work and life balance and you get this trust from your employer, you are willing way more to give it yourself. For example, you know that, well, life happens and and something happened. And for a reason, I just need to drop out of the call. I need to leave earlier, but I'm willing to do everything later during when my son is sleeping or when, when I finished, like, I don't know, my, my home routine or whatever, I'm willing to do it on my free time because I know that employer trusts me and I want to just give it back. So I think this, this, this just brings a a huge difference in, in a way where you are forced to work from nine to six or 9 to 5 without ability to leave earlier or to work remotely etc and then you have completely different uh, relationship with with your company and and willingness to to do things
2: yeah yeah one this thing is also that i want to add uh, um, uh, about no, this is also like about the um uh, i think it's really good that sweden is uh, like in the front line there when we talk about equality about men and women and uh and yeah it's just like a rippling effect to different part of the society of the li- uh, of the life yes um and i think it's also like a strong um say like a strong culture for example um like harassment at work for example i think in sweden uh, it, it's taken care of like very seriously if it happens and like not only if it happens but also like uh, they will um have some education like to prevent so that it will not happen like starting in school like um, they teach like about equality to to the kids like uh, small kids, and I think it's uh it's very important, so like it it build up in the culture uh mm-hmm. for the equality and to respect uh, the woman respect men and the men respect women. Mm-hmm. you want to say something Carmen
1: <laughs> no, I was just reflecting about what you're saying and I do think so. I feel protected in Sweden and I I am grateful for that in so many ways. I don't think that the Swedish population that has worked abroad understand how many perks uh, this is, like how mm-hmm. much this w- means for women and also for people of color, which are always in disadvantage in many mm-hmm. of the workspaces out there. I think like the um, legislation and the culture says so much about where the industry is heading and being sweden such a small and i mean scandinavia as a whole small population we do bring so much innovation and i think that has to do a lot with the flat uh, hierarchy and the work-life balance and the flexibility this all brings the best brains to have the time and the energy to work for better products and um, for me there's no other like I just I promote it so much because I believe in it oh.
0: so yeah go Scandinavia <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes oh lovely yeah I love that I think um I've noticed a lot as well because within uh, within my team um from previous workplaces that that I've worked and then and now we're work as well although I am based in the UK we have focused and sort of carved our sort of work um, the way that we work around the, the way that they do in Scandinavia and it's like this is the best company that I've ever worked in and it is because they have adopted the culture and, and followed it from, uh, from Sweden as well so it is really great to see. Um, which is interesting but yeah some really good points there um on that question we'll move on now to um Rafika's question um which is what are the what are the most common perception about female leaders and how do we change that or if these perceptions need to be changed at all so, yeah so um
2: yeah i mean, with the perception here i mean like stereotype and it's not only in sweden but i think rather like a common perception all over the world about women and of course like when we talk about stereotype it's not only uh, always 100% true um, but like uh, what are the most uh, common like probably 80% 90% uh, that people see how women as a leader and um, uh, yeah I, w- I would like to hear from Carmen from Nenata also like uh, what you think about it but uh, I think like uh, for me like I would divide like uh, there are some stereotype that i would agree with some stereotype i will be like yeah probably yes probably not depending on the person and it's not some stereotype that i think completely not agree with and uh, like if we go with what i'm agree with is um a lot of uh, female leaders uh, are seen to be like uh, nurturing more caring more structured more uh, planned and um i would agree i i will I would see like more than 90% of female leaders are like that. And um, of course, as I said, like uh, there's some percentage that is not true, but uh, most of them are like that. And I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And then if we're moving on to something that I disagree with uh, is a perception that um, women, when they're loud uh, and direct, it will be perceived as um, they're bossy or controlling and when they're not loud enough then they will be perceived as weak because like uh, they're not confident enough and i i think like i really disagree with this because i think both women whether you are loud or you're soft spoken like uh, it's not about that but it's about like the competence they both can be a good uh, leader anything that you want
1: to add carmen or i'm I think that there are big differences in the way in which women approach um, leadership. And, of course, there will always be women that are loud. And, I mean, we have diversity with, uh female leadership. Um, but I do think that we get basically um, like scolded or like frowned upon for being too direct or being too... Um, in other words, like aggressive in the workspace. Um, we are not perceived the same, but we're expected, we're expected to be, but then we are punished for being. and mm. it's so confusing to me sometimes. And I get it on like sometimes when I have feedback sessions from from my team, I will get different directions, like be more like this, be more like that, and I can and trying to adapt to what they are expecting from me. And I try to remind myself that most of the time is what the team needs in that moment and need of the project. So if it is a stressful project and if it's um, mm-hmm. very time, um, your time resources are limited, then they might need more direction and more mm-hmm. uh, accurate uh, structure and like organize that yeah, pretty much like military at the beginning. <laughs> and if they are more in a comfortable, moment, then they might need more the nurturing part of let's build and let's make this into a real team effective team. So I I want people to understand that teams need different kinds of leadership throughout the pipeline. And these can look like female and male leadership. So sometimes I can see um, man being way more straightforward etc because that's what is expected from them from like history and time but i can also see women doing the same so we have to be more flexible with leadership we have to be able to say it's what the team needs in the different moments and this um, idea of the woman being nurturing it can also be a man and we mm-hmm. can also make empathy and communication a basis of what is needed in a team. And for me, that's like the essence. Like I want to stop thinking about female and male qualities because it should be leadership qualities and leaders should be adaptable to the team. So Mm. I I shouldn't be scolded for being too female or too male. Mm. I should be seen as the leader that adapted through the moments the team was uh, having and, and that intensity of the project. So. Yes, I'm, I think we will reach one day that moment of like, there's not going to be female leadership and male leadership. There's going to be leadership, flexible yeah. leadership that knows when to adapt. And that's what I aim for. Mm. Mm. That's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: definitely. Uh, and I totally agree with, with what you've just said, Carmen. and. Uh, I constantly feel that in a way, uh, and I've got received comments myself as that that women leaders are are seen as emotional, and and uh, when I tried to stand in front of my manager and said that well the team cannot deliver this in this time because it's just too unrealistic and we need to do some changes and we need to do some shifts. Uh, he he was like, well, well, you are you are too professional to be this emotional. So just stop, put your emotions aside, and uh, and I think it's well, it's it's not about that, and it's completely different things. And the second thing I feel that uh, women uh, face, uh, especially in 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 other countries, I don't know about Nordics in specific, is that. Once you become a mother, uh, you're not going to be a good leader because you're mm-hmm. going to put your primer focus onto different things rather than work. And then uh, it's, first of all, it's completely not true. Second of all, it puts a lot of pressure on the woman's shoulder because then you feel that you are kind of not good enough because you need to be 100% at work, 100% at home, 100% with your, with your child. So it's just like completely, um, do high expectations. And I think as Carmen, you mentioned, it's not women and men leadership, it's just leadership in general. And both parents have child like both parents have children. So they both need to support it equally. And when a man or a partner stays at home with a child, it gives freedom and time for women for women to be a leader and to to, to do their, their thing and just simply to work. So I definitely think that, well, me, this needs to to change. And i aiming for that, uh, Carmen's goal, just to be leaders rather than women leaders and men leaders.
2: If I can jump into this, uh, um, like a woman, like uh, be less uh, effective or you call it uh, when they become mothers. I don't know, but I think from my own experience, like, like now I have two kids. I think during the time that uh, I was on maternity leave, and like it shaped a lot of my management skill, time management skills and uh, like, uh, you know, like in sometimes uh, negotiation skills, you know, you have to negotiate with a toddler that their brain is not fully optimized yet. So like how you can give reasoning to them and uh, also like uh, with the, like, you know, it's like uh, with a screaming customer. (laughs) Like, you know, you, you have to deal with them and I think like Yes, it's not in the professional environment, but you shape your skills like uh, when you become a mother and you become a parent and that is a useful skill that you can also apply at exactly. work and, and you learn to be more empathy. you, you listen like uh, to the kids as if you have to uh, you listen to your employees, for example. So yeah, I, I don't know why like there's this perception and uh, because for me, I think it's uh, the other way around.
3: Exactly. And I think you you learn to manage manage your time even better because you know that you have to do logistics. You need to bring the child, pick up the child, do the stuff. So you have this amount of time where you're going to be fully concentrated on work. Mm -hmm. So you're going to deliver and you're not going to do any, I don't know, additional things. So I think that this Perception should change because being a, a mother or spending a time with a child or or even with a small pet or something, mm-hmm. you need to learn how to manage your time. You need to learn these negotiation skills because sometimes it seems that you're speaking two completely different languages and you don't understand each other. And you bring this to work, and then it's it's way easier to to deal with stress, with stressful environments, to 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 negotiate something on just like to talk to your employees or your colleagues or or other leaders in the company. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely. I also agree. And I mean, I do not have children myself, but I can say that I appreciate very much to have um, mentors and coaches that have children, because I feel that there is a big difference about how they see life in general. What is important, how to keep work-life balance and also They have this empathy of trying to understand your problems and trying to um, give you the tools that you need. And I think that parents might do that a bit better than others. I mean, I might be wrong about this, but I appreciate it. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate how they face problems in a different way. Uh, So I want that. I want coaches and mentors that are parents. Mm
0: Oh, nice. I think that's been a really a good discussion. We've still got um, a few additional questions as well. Um, so another question as well, which is um, diversity and inclusion are essential for fostering innovation. Um, what do you suggest needs to happen in order to have more female leaders in the tech industry in the Nordics? And I'll open it up to whoever wants to answer this one first. <laughs>
2: um, I think it's um, one of the... Important thing is like about innovation, as I mentioned before, and I think you touch upon this as well, uh, Carmen. That uh, like from different background, different genders, we bring our own perspective, we bring our own uh, experiences, and I think that will foster uh, innovation. Um, and yeah, because of like uh, these differences. Um, because we're looking to solving problems in different ways and which one is the most um, um, mm-hmm. optimum one. And when we bring it to the table with people who have different background, then they will bring their own experiences, backgrounds, perspective into that problem. So
1: I think it will be uh, very
2: uh, useful actually to have a diverse background in a team to foster innovation.
1: innovation. Yeah. And this. This diversity needs a specific type of leadership. It needs a supportive Mm -hmm. leader. And I think companies tend to focus on, oh, we're just going to recruit people that look different Mm -hmm. and that speak different languages and that are different genders. But, and then when they are in, we're just going to continue work as usual. And that's not the case. We need leadership that is inclusive, that is trained to see where can where the team needs more work so they can actually listen to each other if we come from different cultures it is going to be harder to take uh, each other into account and we need tools and facilitation for that to happen and for that you need a specific leaders that are more empathetic that understand the nuances of different cultures that have experience working in different environments around the world and understand where people are coming from so i think that it's not just about creating a team that looks like mm-hmm. I don't know some kind of commercial, yeah. but it's about having a leader that can take that and that can understand different cultures and the needs of people of different ages, etc., and make them work together. And that takes a lot of time. And it's very confusing to me that everybody wants an effective team, an effective team. Like I, I hear this everywhere, but then there's no time to work on the team. Mm -hmm. There's always, everything is about the product, about the testing, about the release, about everything technical that goes into this. But the people that are working with this, they need time to get to know each other, to understand how they communicate, how they take decisions, how they all act during stress. And this is time that you need to dedicate for only them to understand each other. It's just, you need to do exercises. They need to spend time together. And unfortunately, in the tech industry, we are always, we have lack of time because time is so precious and then it is dedicated solely to products. So I encourage everyone out there, if you want diversity and if you want diversity to work for you, then, and you want this innovation that everybody's trying to reach, then you really need to work on the team and you really need um, a particular set of skills of facilitation and people that can work on that and that is i've seen it really rarely that it is prioritized in companies
3: definitely i i I totally agree with that and uh, there's even not that much to add to to this uh just maybe additionally to uh repeat it what you've carmen said before that Besides all of that, that needs to be done and concentrated on the team and on the leaders. We need to stop looking into men leaders and women leaders and just count uh, count as leadership besides dividing it to the uh, sexes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's uh, interesting that you said like it, it's also it's not only about like diverse team, but also like about like uh, choosing like uh, when you're hiring, it's not only like you. Uh, hire someone just because like okay so then we have a diverse team but you also need to look into the competence of the person like right like um, so whether the person will fit into the team and uh, like uh, it, it feels like uh, you're creating this uh, what do you call it like like uh, torta, um, like in Swedish like but you cannot just put um, anything and it like you need to think like okay uh, what will make a good smorgasbord like you know you need to have the uh, right ingredients for example so yeah it's important Uh, it's not only about the diverse like um,
0: appearances but also uh, the right competence nice um i've got another question now and i think this is uh, this one would be really interesting for anyone who's sort of thinking about going into leadership and it's sort of what has helped you the most to advance in your career um, and attain leadership roles within tech Um, so i'll open that up to whoever wants to go first really
3: i could not say uh, about leadership roles in specific but i would say that uh, willingness to learn and to try and fail and and admitted that fail is part of the process Uh, you can't do anything without failing Uh, so so this thing helped me a lot because I came completely from different background I did not study tech I study politics Uh, so it's it's not related to you know coding testing or anything so this this was my strong willingness to to learn my strong willingness to to do things and even sometimes to to fail at at what I do and to fail and understand that well I completely don't understand anything in here and I need to start from the basics. So so just just trying uh, a lot of persistence in doing things and and just talking to your other colleagues and learning from them as well.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, like continuously learning and uh, also like uh, be true uh, to yourself like uh, what is uh, like for example, when you're a leader, what type of leader are you? I think you need to uh, find that first uh, like uh, what type of leader are you? and then um one help is also like um, especially for female uh, usually, again, like not all the time like um we are not uh, like we need to learn to speak up more, like uh, say no, learn to say no, learn to um, say you disagree uh, and learn to set the boundary. I think that's uh, that's very important uh, to do that. Um, of course, like in a professional way, in like a good manner, but I think uh, those are the keys and uh, be more confident, like um, take the action and just don't wait until someone else do it like uh, like uh, just just take uh, the step uh, and just just go for it believe in yourself so i think uh, that mentality like you have to like repeatedly doing every day so that it like uh, it becomes a part of your character
1: yeah specifically for women and women of color i think that network to have like a strong network of other women you can talk to, you can go back, you trust how they see the problems, how they help you solve problems. That's a major plus. To have that community, that has made me more secure and confident in making a good job or doing a good job later. Um, the other one that I always strive for is to get mentors, coaches that are there to guide me to structure my professional path Um, but also whenever I enter a company I want to know what kind of leaders they have Uh, who are these people how have they been trained and these first interviews into a new environment knowing who is your supervisor if you click with them and if they will be that kind of person that supports you that you can that you can that they have your back If something happens to feel that you can fail, just like you said, Renata is so super important, Uh, especially for people that are a minority in an environment that that was not built for them, Mm -hmm. that you need to feel that the environment is safe so you can make those mistakes and say, okay, this happened. Uh, I didn't know about that. I'm learning. It will be better next time. And then you have an amazing supervisor, hopefully, and an amazing network that trusts you and that tells you, don't worry, you will make it go on and next time will be better. So I I think that combination of get yourself into your little club, I don't know which club it is. At MSTEC, we have networking events that you can go to and people you can meet um, mm-hmm. that aren't doing similar things to you. But at the same time, Pay attention to what kind of supervisors the company you enter has. Have they been trained within coaching and mentorship? Can they guide you? Will they be uh, up for the task of supporting you and help you grow? Is it the kind of leader, your supervisor that wants you to grow and not just maintain you in your role forever? Mm -hmm. These, These questions I tell to all the people I talk to, students when I meet them, be very careful with who is going to be your supervisor when you enter a company because that can that person can make you grow infinitely or can make you go down and for me that has been the case particular mentors were the ones that guided me into tech and if it weren't for them i wouldn't have survived not a week so mm. i'm
0: very grateful mm. nice i love that yeah definitely i think all really good points um within that as well i think um it's definitely important to continue these conversations to have these conversations and like you say for anyone that is looking to advance their career hopefully the you know still listening to this podcast now um it's about continuing that conversation and fully emerging yourself into as you've mentioned um sort of women in tech events um, communities that sort of thing and so i think this conversation has been really important and i hope it's um inspired some people that are listening Uh, and still listen at the moment. Before we end the podcast, I'd like to say thank you so much to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. If you are hiring for a new technical role or looking for new roles, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I'm Charlotte Roberts and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at charlotte.roberts at evolution-nordics.com or visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.